0: and we are live. JT here. Welcome to the huddle. The huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you. Whether you are tuning in live as we stream into our Facebook community, whether you are watching the replay on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast, thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here's my reminder to you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best, but it's wide open. My challenge to you is to go all in on this conversation remove any distractions and get laser focus on this conversation and my guarantee to you is you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport but more importantly in the game of life i've been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest today Uh, we've had a a number of, of mutual connections uh, kind of just draw my attention to the, to the great work he's doing, uh, just the messaging and just, just this overall, this I don't know, it's just this message that just feels great to hear. Uh, my guest in the huddle today uh, is a former pro athlete of 13 years. Uh, now he's doing great work in the speaking space. Uh, he wrote a bestselling book and, and more importantly, just an amazing human being from everything that I've seen. Uh, My guest in the huddle today is Angus Reed. How are you today, brother?
1: I'm fantastic and I feel very honoured that I've been invited on to to have this conversation. So thank
0: you, thank you for uh, bringing me on. Yeah, definitely, Angus. Uh, Before we get uh, kicked off here, and as I've mentioned I always like to say pun intended because it reminds me to really connect to the joy in life. Uh, I'm a firm believer in the importance of counting your blessings. And for me, it's a daily practice some days I do it better than others, but again, that's where that practice comes in. So uh, I, I firmly believe that the biggest blessing you can give anyone is your time and energy. So again, I just want to thank you for uh, blessing me with some of your time and energy and, and being here to meet with me and our community today. It's uh,
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. I love uh, talking good things that I think are important. I think we, we do spend a lot of time communicating, but are we, are we discussing things that actually matter? And I'm always happy to be involved in conversations that, can uh,
0: create positive change in people's lives. Awesome, awesome. Couldn't agree more, brother. Uh, so I'm curious, one thing I'd like to remind myself and others is that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. I actually had a coaching colleague and a good friend that said, we all have our quirks, we all have these things that make us unique and different and then we really gotta celebrate it. So I'm curious, is there an interesting fact you know, some may say a quirk that maybe a lot of people don't know about you, that you'd be open to, to sharing with our community. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if fact or information, but I think
1: <laughs> a lot of people, until you know know the person, if you just know the occupation and maybe, uh, you know, st- statistical realities of them in the occupation, you, you probably frame an image based on stereotypes, because if that's all you have, that's all you have, right? And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I was an offensive lineman, so we're these big, strong, brute guys, which, which is fair enough. Uh, on the one hand, I I didn't fit the physical mold. I was the smallest in the league at what I did. I wasn't this ginormous human being. Uh, but really, I think what might interest people, or they wouldn't know this is I grew up an artist. I, I, I was going to go to art school. You know, I, I, I turned down an art scholarship to play college football. So, you know, I don't know what, what most people's, uh, image of a, of an offensive lineman would be without knowing them but I don't know if uh you know creative artists is the first to come to mind right I you know my my happy space is softies music uh you yeah. know I'm not lifting the heavy metal smashing things I'll lift in the softies and I'm going to draw and I'm going to paint and I'm uh, not painting so much but draw artwork yeah. uh you know I I'm happy just quietly uh trying to uh put visualizations down on paper and ink and pen even to this day that that's my real fun just uh which if you didn't know me, you probably would never have guessed that.
0: You know, Angus, I, I love the simplicity of that, right? Like again, that, that simple word of creating. And, and I firmly believe that, you know, creating and getting in that mindset is, you know, where the joy of life is because it embraces, you know, we embrace risk taking and just sort of putting our ideas, you know, our thoughts onto paper or whatever song or what, how, whatever your medium is. So I, so I really love that that you're celebrating your creative gifts and yeah find well ways it's
1: and I, and I and it's funny as you get older you look back on yourself and you start wondering why did you do things and you why did i do things because when you're 17 or 18 you probably don't sit down and critically analyze why you're doing things you you just do what you what, what's enjoyable and you don't really unpack why is it enjoyable to me and you know, you play sports because your friends play sports and you think it's fun and you want to go, you know, you'd love to go to college and, and then maybe you want to play pro. And I don't know too many youngsters that really, really get dived down to why am I doing this? And 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 that's fair enough. And you get older and you you probably have perspective. And you know, I I'm I'm hundred percent certain now I didn't play football for an outlet for aggression. Some people do, and that's good. That's a good outlet. If it's better than what other I I, I don't I have no love of interest of hitting someone as hard as I possibly can. That's not me. Okay. I could do it. I I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a performer. I'm a creative artist. Uh, I loved, and I'm a team guy. So I, I I loved working with others to put on something that was worthy of fans enjoying. And, Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to me. So because I look back and I wasn't the guy couldn't wait to just smash the opponent. That was the job. And I got really good at it. I just liked being out there putting on a performance for, friends, families, and crowds to go, this is this is enjoyable to watch. And I could be part of that stage. So mm-hmm. for me, it was almost, uh, you know, whether it was performing arts on stage or, or, or creating a, a, an event for the fans to come to, sports was the outlet that I had had enough skills, enough talent that I could fulfill my needs through that, which I enjoy doing. And uh, anyways, I always think it's interesting when you look back on why people do what they do. And a lot of times it's not the surface level, uh, what, what you think. Well, what, what you the assumption would be why you're doing it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I think it, it was a way for me to be an artist and I could just do that in the sports world.
0: Well, and what I love about that is you've talked about like football was just a tool, right? It was a vehicle, it was a platform 100%. for you to share your gifts, your talents and your abilities yeah. in the service of others, right? A, a yes. greater purpose. Uh, so I'm curious, one thing that really fascinated me with me about your journey, and again, I, I went back and listened to some of your TED Talks and, and one of them was around why, high school football is important and you talked about your journey that again it was a slightly different one because people would look at your journey right the end result and kind of go well I think Angus kind of always got it but you actually said it was you know a, a coach that actually pulled you aside and, and made you feel like you know you he wanted you to be part of something so so I'd love to know like what has been the greatest lesson that sport has taught you and that you still find yourself applying today I know there's a lot of them but what would you say okay. is,
1: you know, and, I, and I, I I, thank you for this platform, because I hope there's some young athletes listening and I hope there's some parents listening of young athletes, because there is one thing that I am I am pretty 100 percent sure of. And I don't like to say that about many things because I, I get, you know, life, you keep learning and you keep disproving your <laughs> beliefs. But one thing I, I I feel pretty good about is uh, a statement that I, I, I use a lot now when I speak to young athletes and parents, uh, you know, to me, what you do is not who you are. Who you are isn't what you do. It's, it's how you do it. Everything is just an outlet. That outlet is not you. And there's that dangerous, dangerous trap that people will fall into that I'm a football player. No, you're not. You know, you're, you're JT. You might be playing football. And, and the whole image conscious that wrapped into I am a football player. No, that's what you're doing right now. Because, and I've seen this, the danger happens where, where that becomes your entire identity is the sport. It, now it's not an outlet anymore. It's you. So what happens when you can't do it anymore? Or your performance drops? Well, now you've your self-image has dropped. Your sense of what happens when it's gone? Now you're gone. And we talk about the depression that hits a lot of athletes now when they retire. It's no different than an entrepreneur that builds a business and sells it for a billion dollars but if they were the business now they are nothing and you know you, you spoke about it. it's an outlet so the biggest thing i learned was to make sure i separated myself from the sport but how i went about it was who i was and that could transfer to anything so you know you you're you're not a football player football is how you express your hard work, your effort, your team camarade, whatever attributes that you are and you want to maximize and you found an outlet to do that in. Mm-hmm. And you know we spoke off air beforehand of, you know, oh, you learn all the great things sports transfers. Well, you might, and I hope you do, because if sports is about running high, uh, jumping jumping far and being strong, that's not going to transfer. right? And if that's what you think it is and that's what you get praised for and that's what you're proud of, that's a mm-hmm. dangerous, dangerous trap. And so if you got to remove yourself from, I was proud that I brought the qualities that I think are important in life to this event. And then I'll bring it home and I'll bring those same qualities to my family tonight. And I'll bring them to my friends tomorrow. And I'll bring them to the community and everything's an outlet for you to become more of you. The outlet isn't you. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, you know, I caution kids and it's a hard world now because of social media and whatnot. And, you know, they're promoting this great touchdown run, which is wonderful. And then people cheer them on because of it. Then they, they believe they're important because they scored a touchdown. And, You know, that becomes the image based. And and then what happens when they don't score a touchdown? Are they less of a person? And, you know, it gets worse as it gets bigger because now you get monetarily rewarded for the performance. So you become your performance and I get it. But, uh, you know, if you're not smart enough to make sure you keep detaching your worth from that, Mm. your worth is, you know, people use these phrases, the process or whatever, but your worth is how you do things. How you do it nobody can ever take that away from you and that is who you are sometimes you win sometimes you lose sometimes the career ends sometimes sports ends and so even at a high school level uh you know i was very fortunate to have two great mentors one was our head coach and and one was uh my head coach coach del monte and one was my offensive line coach who's my english teacher coach howie that used football to help to help prepare us for life to teach us about accountability uh, you know to be to 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 being accountable not only to the program but to your peers to to show up when you say you're gonna show up to be diligent in your efforts in terms of paying attention to be responsible enough to to learn the tasks that are uh, that that are given to you to be mature enough to bring your best efforts by choice uh, you know and the rewards were based on how much effort we put into what we could control and we won and we celebrated winning but we didn't measure our value as people are winning. I learned that even as a teenager. And so I, I send, I spend a lot of my time now speaking more to coaches and to our youth because youth are just going to be products of how they're coached. You know, the, the power is in the adult that should know better. And, and, and it's a big thing that I had learned a long time ago that I was ready for college. I'm ready for life to show up and bring my best, not to go, you know, am I doing well or not because I won today or I didn't No, every day. Are you doing the things that that you can control to, to keep moving yourself forward as a person and and today it's a meeting tomorrow or after it's a conversation with your peer uh, it's dealing with a struggle uh and those are the ones as you saw earlier that that's going to transfer but that needs to be coached that needs to be taught that needs to be reinforced that needs to be modeled that needs to be celebrated when you're doing it right so you know oh i'm winning the game no i'm acting correctly you know uh notre dame has that great uh university of notre dame has that great uh Phrase it when you leave a locker and play like a champion today. Mm-hmm. I say act like a champion always. Like why well, just play today like a champion? How about you act like a champion when you're waking up saying hello to your your, your siblings and when you're walking the hallways and when you're meeting a stranger on the, on the, on, on the, on the, on the road, act mm-hmm. like a champion. You can always act like a champion always. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. that was taught to me when I was, you know, I, you know, I, here's the one thing I caution. And the more I speak to youth is I, again, as you get older, you, you have more perspective on everything. So, you know, when I was young and, and by young, I mean, even when I was playing pro, I, you know, I get asked to speak to kids you start trying to give them, here's the three things you do to success. And, you know, I is what I did. And then as you get older, you start being even more aware that whatever you're giving them is based on a foundation of where I began. And what I, what I mean by began is the family I had, the siblings I had, the environment I had that not everybody has. So <laughs> we also as coaches and leaders have to be hyper aware that 50, 14-year-olds 50, show up as your team and we go, this is where we're beginning. You got to know where, where, they, where they are at now. Mm-hmm. One kid's never had a dad. One kid's never had a sibling. They've been yelled at whole life. Other people have had mom and dad in love their whole life. They're, they're here. Someone's here to say, well, this is where we got to get to. Everyone is at a totally different levels and we got to go, okay, we have to ap- appreciate that. And not say, well, you just do this, 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 and you'll be a winner. Well, this is going to take x amount to even get them there where someone else is ready and that's where uh some of the greatest lessons i learned from coach dan durazio when i was pro mm-hmm. was that standards had to be uh objective you know this is what winning is this is what we expect but coaching had to be subjected to the person
0: mm-hmm.
1: not everyone's starting at the same place not everyone has the same skill set so a great coach can't say this is how we do it it's I need to know you to know what you need from me to help get you there. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, this is what we do. you got to adapt to me, especially with kids. It's like, I need to find out where, where are you? So I can one, be aware of that to know, you know, I start here. Well, shoot, no, I got to come way down. I got to meet you where people say meet them where they're at. Well, you got to know where they're at. You got to care where they're at and go, okay, this, this, this person needs a lot of support and help to even get to the starting point instead Mm -hmm. of just that kid's not there passing away what are we doing? You know, what are we mm-hmm. doing here? Anyways, i mm-hmm. sorry. I kind of went really sidetracked on that <sighs> one, but that can happen.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I, again, I appreciate you sharing uh, your lived experience. I guess. And what I really heard from you again was, and why it resonated with me is when I made the decision to leave the safe and comfortable world of teaching and my wife did as well, We moved cities. It was interesting how upon reflection, I realized, you know, how much of my self-worth, my identity was tied up into teaching and coaching. And it's funny that through doing the work on myself, really looking within studying myself, it was starting to understand it. It's sort of been this process this last three and a half years of really learning, Okay, what were the qualities and characteristics that allowed me to create success you know, professionally and how to bring them into my personal life, because that's been the biggest area of growth. So, so that's why it resonates with me that you're talking about qualities, characteristics, really what I'm hearing, again, value-based coaching, as opposed to just looking at external metrics all the time.
1: Yeah, I, listen, I, I challenge coaches all the time. If, if what you're coaching them in your practice session, if it won't transfer beyond your sport, you're wasting your kid's time. Now I get, and and so the great coaches will teach you the block or the pass or the, the defensive shuffle as you know, whatever is needed that is specific to a sport, but in coaching it, if you are not layering and lacing educational tools that will, Mm -hmm. they can now have within them to adapt it to whatever other difficult situation is life. You have missed an opportunity to help raise our youth. Mm -hmm. Sports is just an outlet. To 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 grow up in, and some people make money in it, but you still should be growing up through it, like any career. And I'll and I'll I'll challenge you one other one other thing to what you said about wrapping yourself up in, in your image. If you if you have an unbelievably difficult time transitioning after from a career because of the loss of that that job that career, that right there is telling you you were too wrapped up in, in, in that as being you. You know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. And again everybody's different, but that, but there is an issue there. If you cannot leave the job, like I can't be without it. That's a problem. I don't know who I am without this job. I mean, that's, I mean, everyone should ask themselves right now, if my career was wiped away tomorrow, do I feel less of my, am I lost as a human being? Hey, you might have to look for work, but like, as a, as a human being, when you're looking at yourself, am, am I empty? That is a, like, if I took it away right now, are, are you any different of a person? Sure. You got to find work. And, but like, if you, if you are not going, I don't even know who I am anymore. That, 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 is, a, that is a terrifying uh, reality that you, you have misread what these things were in the first place. I don't care what the job is. It is only mm-hmm. an outlet to get better. And, and, and yeah, you need to make some money. You need to make some money. But most people, as you know, I'm sure you've, you've been able to chat with great high performers, the elite ones. The money is either uh, 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 just another part of the game of keeping track if, if they think they're doing well, or for some of them, it's, it's, it's just a, a side benefit that they just get. That, that has nothing to do with the bigger picture. They're looking for avenues to help them grow and, and, and challenge themselves to be a better human being. And then when that task is done, let's go find something else. But you can still make money here. That's not what we're doing. I mm-hmm. need opportunities to find out more of who I am so I can become a better person because you can't improve unless you know who you are because then you can't measure anything. Right. You're just hoping you feel good today. And that's a bunch of nonsense.
0: Yeah. No, I and I and I love that. And I again I love that bit of love tough. Right. Is that, you know, some of those, some of those questions, again, it it hasn't been a comfortable process for me. Right. And and it's it's really, I love the fact that you really need to look at yourself in the mirror and really start to ask yourself those questions. And I had a great mentor that said, Hey, your willingness to ask yourself the tough questions will re- ultimately determine your quality of life. And, and again, I know that that seems, it, it's an interesting process because sometimes I know I don't really feel like going down those ways, but I know who does? there's something for me to unlock.
1: Listen, you know, I, you know, human nature wants to avoid, avoid uncomfortable negative things like crazy. Cause yeah. you know, a million years ago, that was a tiger going to eat you or something. Right. But mm-hmm. why, who consciously wants, wants to go to difficult places. So better eat ice cream and just feel good because you have a nice, uh, uh, you know, sugar rush and life is good again. Right. And I don't have to deal with it. So let's just, or uh, the adults make poor choices of what they do to, to make bad things go away momentarily. Mm -hmm. Right. Because who wants to consciously face it? Well, people that want to get better. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't want to, I, there's just two options. You can just consciously try to keep avoiding feeling bad or consciously want to get better, which is gonna make you go where you don't wanna go. And, and that's where, you know when it comes right down to it, what I care most about sports is not, let's pick the best athlete and pay them big money. That's the worst thing you can possibly do. Because when, when you haven't helped that person become a better human being, you've said, you'll be rewarded till, till your physical talents run out. And now you're mm-hmm. screwed in life because that's why you, were, that's why you have worth because you were gifted to be able to jump high or something, right? And we, mm-hmm. we exploited that, monetized it, and now we got rid of you. Or willing to say, okay, what do you really, what you really want to be? And let's, mm-hmm. let's go find out what's getting in the way. And do you have the courage to see how good you can really become? Because, mm-hmm. because the bottom line is, you can fake it through life and make a gazillion dollars if you just, if you just play the rigged game and that's what you're trying to do. Or do you really want to find out who you can become? Because mm-hmm. no one's going to know that answer except you. And so do you have the courage to not uh, make sure we're fooling the world and not fool yourself? Because, you know, the easiest person in the world is to lie to yourself and, and, and no one would know, right? So will you literally sit down and unpack yourself and, and try to be as objective as possible? Or at least, you know, and this is where I'm a big fan of, of, of needing mentoring and coaching all the time because even the best in the world can never be completely objective for themselves. It's impossible because <laughs> you're, you're big <laughs> objectives through a subjective lens. So it's absolutely impossible. So, you know, you need a mentor or a, a, a relationship, whether it be your wife or, or husband or somebody or your parent or your sibling sometimes, your older sibling maybe. That they can get to the point, and go, listen, stop being BSing me and stop BSing yourself. And yeah. they know that that cold slap in the face. And you know, we are we're, we're unfortunately in a world where a lot of moms and dads just want, want their kids to feel happy around them. We just want to make them feel good because it's easier, right? It's hard mm-hmm. to, to challenge them. And then at a certain point, if you've never done it, now we come down hard on them and they break and they're like, oh, my kids off. Well, that should have been a layering process over the years of constantly, you know molding them to be a little bit able to to deal with a little more a little more and you know i you know you look at parents and it's simple things they, they're, they're trying their best but you know little johnny scores three goals and now you you buy him ice cream afterwards because he scored three goals so what's he equating to why am i loved why do i matter because i scored three goals so i better keep scoring three goals mm. if you don't and if you don't have that conversation and you just everyone's getting ice cream because we won well, i better keep winning then because obviously they bought me ice cream. That means they care about me and they're happy with what I'm doing. And, and it was what I won. We don't talk about anything else. So we have to keep winning. So kids are going to cheat or lie, and now they're going to be so sad when they don't win because we're not going to get ice cream. So mommy and daddy aren't happy. That means I, I, I've I lessened my value. And if you, if you, like I said, you just, you do a surface level like that. And our kids that are, are navigating self-worth and, and who I am, I, and where's my value. And, I couldn't score. I didn't, we didn't, we didn't get a celebration uh, meal today. That means I failed. And, you know, not only are we not having difficult conversations, I don't think we have enough proactive conversations on the front end of, of, of what success means, but what expectations from mom and the dads of and coaches, like, what do we consider a win? Yeah, we're going to go try to win a championship, but what's a win for us. And, you know, I, I coach high school football now and our kids lost a heartbreaker in a in a in a championship game that it was it was goofy this year because because of covid and then at west we had a, a entire our highway collapsed yeah so we we're in the okanagan and our boys couldn't couldn't go compete they they, they wouldn't let anyone come over so we got blocked out of it so they made everyone in the okanagan kind of play each other and we we're a double a school so we had to play the triple a school which was they say it's unfair but they were trying to make the best of it so we had to play this massive school and we took them head to head and 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 we lost Last second, we couldn't, we couldn't get a quarterback sneak and we would have won. It would have been a massive upset. And our kids now were dejected, right? And, and you have to sit there. And, and in the moment, you get it, because I remember being 17 and it is your whole world and you've lost and you're a failure, right? And, and you have to remind them, and this is that messaging of winning a championship and being a champion doesn't always mean the same thing. One does not always equate to the other, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. Being a champion is what I talked about earlier. How you go about what you've chosen to do with your life. Mm-hmm. How you do things. And you go out and you prepare accordingly. You bring your best. And you don't get after each other when negativity hits. And you support each other. And you pull through. And you fight till the very end with everything you have. Sometimes you win the championships. You're a champion. And, 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 and nobody can take that away from you. And you know that deep in your heart. You can win a championship just because you're better than the other team. That does not make mm. you a champion. That just made you better than the other team. And, and our society puts a premium that I won a championship. Were you? Did you become your very best? Nah. That's just good enough. Okay. And the other kid never wins it, but they were champions. And they need to remind yourself as an adult, as someone they look up to, to, to say, am I doing good or not? Because you're 15, 16. They don't know. They're looking And if I don't tell them, they'll say we lost championship because that's the only measurable they know about. Unless as adults, we are continuously messaging what actually matters. And that's what we're going to praise because you made a decision. We enforced it. We modeled it and we rewarded it. Oh, that's what really matters. Yeah. And and we'll celebrate winning. It's good to celebrate it, but we're not going to equate your human success on that. It's good Mm. to do. Absolutely. But what we're proud of and what you should be proud of is how you went about it. That's what matters. That's, that's what really, really matters. And I think we need a lot more messaging on that. A lot more messaging uh, from coaches on the front end and coaches discussing with parents. This program, we need your help across the board to have unified messages to our kids that this is what we value. This is what we're going to uh, coach. This is what we're going to encourage. This is what we're going to model. This is what we're going to support. This is what we're going to reward. And we're going to go after winning championship too. Of course, it's good to win. And we're going to celebrate winning. But mm-hmm. that's not what we're gonna That's what our kids are going to remember if they're winners or not. That's not what it's going to be about. We're going to go after it. We're going to try to win games a hundred percent because that's that external marker to push ourselves against, to try to overcome that other person trying to do the same thing, which is good, it's healthy, it's right to compete. You need to compete or else you'll never become your best. But when it comes right down to it, that's not what it's going to dictate whether our kids are, you know, champions or not. Champion mm-hmm. is how you do it. A hero is a hero because of the conscious decision of what they've chosen to do, not because they beat the monster or not. It's because mm-hmm. of what they decided to do and how they did it. That's why you're a hero. Unfortunately, our history books write heroes, are the ones that won.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's that, the lesson then becomes, well, then I'll win at any cost because otherwise I'm a loser and that's yeah. danger.
0: Well, it, it's interesting. And again, I, 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 I'm a big word guy and, and I definitely picked up on a couple of things. You know, I thought about what is the safe when you first meet someone typically – what is that safe and comfortable question that most people ask? Well, what do you do? Right. So again, that, that question gets ingrained <laughs> into human behavior. So people lead by saying, Hey, I do ABC where I, I noticed a couple of times, like, who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? Right. What, what qualities characteristics do you want to embody to, you know, in, in your essence, your being. So I love how that subtle difference between doing and being is really it's, it's it's everything and I just think like what you're talking about, about skills and coming from a background in education I know that many people are unaware of that subtle difference how that really does program condition train the mind into starting to identify their self-worth their value based on what they do as opposed to what are the qualities they're they they're being today
1: yeah and, and and you're so right you know everybody so what do you do that's what we lead with so most times in life, we put scale of importance most important first, and we filter down in everything you do, right? That's just yeah. kind of what happens. What whatever is most important usually leads. So if we go, what do you do? Well, obviously that's that's most important to me. So it must be most important to you. So it's 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 the most valuable thing there is to know about you. So of course, and that's that's a conditioning thing, right? And then the hierarchy based on, oh, that's that's what you do. Oh, you, you must not you're kind of lower on the rung than me. Well, and that's how we measure, and it's awful. And our kids see it and they look at it and they repeat because everything's modeling so it doesn't matter what we say either It's what are we going to model so mm-hmm. we can talk all we want about uh you know what's going to matter what's not but their kids are going to look and go well, what are you rewarding so at the end of the day you say this matters but really you're still giving this kid all the accolades because he scores all the goals so he's more important right and and especially with our youth because they're sitting here watching trying to formulate what because you said everything's a game right so they're formulating how do i win in life and if they, don't, if they don't have explicit ideas of what the rules are and what they're worth, they're going to formulate their own and they're going to go to the basic foundation of, of praise or, or, or monetary rewards. So whoever gets money is winning. So whatever they're doing is right. And I got to do that or I'm, or I'm a loser. And this is why as adults, it's, it's so powerful that we need to never stop communicating, modeling, reinforcing, and rewarding the behaviors that we have as mature people realize matters you know, and, and we have the experience of life to go, that's the wrong rabbit to chase, right? And, or, or shall we say, you can chase the rabbit, but you better be anchored in the bigger things while you're chasing that rabbit, right? I'm going to go win mm-hmm. a championship, but, but I know where that sits on my ability to be okay with myself, no matter what the outcome is. I'm going to still chase it because I'm a competitive person, but that's not going to dictate uh, what kind of human being I believe I am. But in absence of any messaging, modeling, reinforcement, encouragement, I won't know the difference. So that's all there is. And without it, I am nothing. And that's mm-hmm. a failure of adults because I'm trying to formulate what, if no one's ever told me anything else matters, then why would it? And if no one's ever actually shown me that anything else matters, because kids are skeptical because you can tell what you want to them. They watch what you do and they watch who still gets the rewards because that sounds nice, but this is truth and they're formulating. So we have to be hyper-conscious of not just, you know, the messaging we say or the slogans we put on the wall, how are we acting and what are we rewarding? They're gonna melt right away. And and another thing I learned from a great coach a long time ago was, and I try to use in my practice in my practice sessions now is, it's not what you teach that matters; it's what you emphasize. So again, coming back to coaching life through football, you know, you know, I coach offensive line; that's my world. And so everyone's got their their knowledge base, but it's all kind of the same thing. It's you know, you're gonna teach your technique, but then I'm. I'm big with ours is where are your eyes going? And so we're gonna hammer in on, on the importance of, of a visual contact to a target. I'm trying to let them know that where where, where focus goes, energy flows. And that's gonna be a universal trait in life now. So your eyes are wandering, your energy is wandering, your energy is wandering, everything's wandering, and there's no precision. And we can't now measure to improve because we don't know what we're trying to do. There was no purpose behind your action. You're just sort of hoping for the best. Now I'm hoping that's a universal trait now. What's the plan? Where's the focus? Where's the attention? And then you look, did we, did it work? You no, know, what went wrong on the scale? Well, I don't even know what I was looking at. Well, how do we coach? How do we improve? How do mm-hmm. we measure? And so, you know, it's kid going, look, this is what I want to get done. Okay. So where let, let, let's, let's make it specific fun. Where are we trying to go? There's the target. Okay. Let's do everything we can to help you hit it. And here's all the little techniques, but remember it's where the focus goes, energy is going to flow. So where are we focusing? So in football, it's the eye, eyes on this near shoulder. That's football. When they learn that, they put that in everything they do. Mm-hmm. And then they send the power of saying, Oh, I'd like to do this. Okay, fine. Where's your focus going, though? I don't know. Good luck. Let's focus in on, on what, we, what we deem most important. And if we hit it, let's see if it worked. Then we learn something. Or if it didn't, maybe we put the folks in the wrong spot and they'll learn that in blocking. Ah, it was a shoulder. Okay, let's move it into the number. That worked. Good. So we, re- we redirect focus. To me, that's a trying to teach a life lesson there. uh, uh, through, through coaching a sport, right? What am I emphasizing? Other guys are, you know, you got to drive this guy. So we get the ball down the field. Well, now you kid just, there's nothing beyond just blocking somebody Mm -hmm. that should be a teaching point or hopefully.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Like as you shared that, right. Like just given that, that football analogy there, I thought of, Again, for you, it's about teaching universal principles. It's it's about teaching these greater life lessons so that, again, yes, they can apply it. it will help them become successful in the football field, but more importantly, the game of life. So so I'm curious, as you discuss, one of the things, as I mentioned before we came on here, that really resonated with me is, again, you talked about this, uh, the importance of, of teaching to uh, embody, demonstrate certain characteristics, certain qualities, right? And again, uh, from within so i'm curious what has that messaging like because you speak to a lot of coaches are are most coaches open to those ideas of focusing more on the person meeting them where they're at you know qualities characteristics, as opposed to just x's and o's and, and schemes and everything i i think
1: well i think it comes down to are you forced into this conversation with me or are you are you wanting to and if you're wanting to then you're open to it yeah, but you know, and here's the here's the truth, and I it's it's nobody's fault. I think most people are always open to something they think will work, but yeah. then who consciously sits down and works on themselves to actually start trying to implement it, and then measure it and review it, right? We, I mean, I'll listen. To all I mean, we're all guilty of. It, but we listen to stuff like that's a great idea, and then you, and then you it's a memory of a nice thing, and you didn't change your life, but you're like that. Yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent. That that's really smart. Okay. Did you do anything with it? Like, did you sit down now and go, "I am now going to consciously start implementing this mm-hmm. into my days"? Like, you know, I'll I'll give you guys a little cheat sheet from a keynote I give that I don't think you've probably never seen it, and I talk about uh, uh, three things I believe everybody needs, and I was taught by a coach this that everybody needs to to, to know they belong. If they don't think they belong, then Forget it, right? They're, they're, they're going to feel like an outsider. And you can do that as a leader. You can do it beyond giving them a T-shirt. That that becomes making sure they, they, they feel valued, right? Are they, are they, are they, do they have a purpose in this group? Otherwise, what are they doing here? Everybody needs to know someone believes in them. That isn't their mom, right? And they need to know that. They can't just be like, well, I'm sure they know that. I, I'm sure they know that. Really? Do you tell them? Do you tell them often? People forget. Do you tell them all the time? Or are you just kind of hoping they know? And they need to know they can. And so that's, have you taught them a skill that actually has enabled them to improve what they do? And then once you teach them that, then they think, well, what else can't I learn? Anything you want, right? If you can show them one thing. But here's my one I give to leaders is, uh, you know, kind of a daily check-in that I try to do. And, and I think you spoke earlier about, you know, being, uh, being grateful for everything in life. And, and to me, I, I, I try to span that, expand that to being thankful, thankful to others. So I, I try to really put it to people. Because I'm grateful for things, but a lot of them are, are, are um, you know, they're kind of they're hard to personally thank. I'm thankful yeah. I have I have air today and I'm breathing and like <laughs> that's good, that's yeah. good. But I, I'm more of a human guy, right? So I want to I want to explicitly make sure someone knows how well they've how much they've affected me. And it was Coach Dan's. I mean, anyone's read my book? It was Coach Dan's letters that remind me. I have 210 letters at home that he used to write his guys for every single game, handwritten, mm-hmm. right? And they show up in our lot, in our door. I don't know, we're pro athletes. This is our job, but he wanted to remind us how proud he is of us and believes in us. I'm like, you know, two minutes. I'm like, it never a week went by that. I didn't know he had my back. And he's probably gonna have to, probably have to cut me one day, yell at me. He's not always gonna write, but he believes in me as a human being. And it never stopped reminding him like that. That's so powerful. But anyways, I, I talked to leaders that I work with in businesses and, and uh, I said, listen, here's a little daily check-in for you. Like, who, who, who can I thank today? And people are like, Oh, thank you all the time. Well, just, is it part of your to-do list? Like actually put it down. So like, oh, I do that. Ah, I forgot last day's day. To make it part of your to-do list. Like actually make it happen. Who can you thank today? I don't care if it's a text. I don't care if it's a phone call. If every single day you do that, that's 365 guaranteed thank yous a year to somebody. That's powerful, okay? Because they're like, oh, they know I'm thankful. Tell them, tell them. Tell right now, before you have a coffee. Just, And I don't care if it sounds uh, crude, take it off the list. Because you actually believe in it, but this list reminds you to do it, right? Because it's like, oh, he said, that's a good idea. Then put it on your list and do it and see if it worked. And then instead of going, yeah, that was a good idea, but I didn't have time to fit that in because you didn't fit it in. So, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, thank somebody. Uh, who can I thank? Uh, who can I reach out to that I haven't in a long time? know, oh, you think of your old friends. Send them a note, call them. Actually do it. Don't just be like, oh yeah, it'd be great to reach out to the person. Get on the list, get it done. Watch what'll happen in your life when you actually take action on things that are good ideas. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Who can I offer? Who can I offer? Who can I offer to help today? Just randomly. Could you imagine as a leader, you go in your organization, and go, Hey, uh, hey, AJT, hey, uh, what what can I do to help you today? Any, any work I can take off your plate? Imagine if you just ask somebody that. Well, put it on your list. Ask someone every single day. You'll probably get a nothing, but you imagine what you'll do for the connectivity of that person going. This guy cares about me. Yeah. Put it on your list, right? And, and, and who and who can I who can I congratulate for whatever. If you did that every single day, that's 365, four positive reinforcements you give to four different people again and again and again and say, those are great ideas. Put on your list and get it on every single day. It'll take you five minutes. The compounding effect of that, and then after probably a month and a half, you won't have to look at your list anymore. It's what you do. So again, it's not what you believe is good. It's not, it's not agreeing with ideas. What do you do? And what do you consistently do? Because I know people too, The work, maybe even worse than never doing any stuff is, randomly doing team building sessions. And the guy goes, we're just wasting our time. You're right. What do you do every day? You know, uh, Dan, Dan Gable, one of the uh, legendary wrestler out of the US, I, I, will, I always throw him up there as maybe one of the greatest competitors in sports history. And he's a great man to study if you want to understand competitiveness. Uh, he has a great quote that says, if it's important, do it every single day. If you love your wife, tell her every single day. If you love your kids, tell them I love you every single day. And his, you know, if you work out, you work out every single day. Eating right, then you get right every single day. Like if it matters to you, we we spoke earlier about uh, what do you do? Because we prioritize that. Well, whatever is actually important, do it every single day. Don't have a weekend retreat four times a year where you do nice things and have nice feelings. I mean... Just go to a nice concert and have a good memory then. What do you do every single day? That is who you are. That's who your team is, is your culture, And map that out. So people talk about culture and this and that. What do you want? Put it down and do it. And then mm-hmm. review these things going, is this the kind of world I want to live in? Then maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we should try this. Then put it down and do it. And review it. And go, this is improving life for people. Or this isn't. And get rid of it. Don't hang on to it because, whoa, this is, we've done this forever around here. Get rid of it. Is it making things better? Is putting that in your mouth making your life better? Is saying that word making your life better? You know, is, is, is that action going to help? Uh, someone asked me before about, and I do, a, I, do a, uh, I do a lot of work with companies on like bullying and abuse in the workplace. And people are like, oh, now it's all politically correct, hypersensitive. I said, look, two things. One, no, but you have to be aware that not everybody's you. So what's funny to you might not be funny to So stop being so arrogant, thinking that everybody's you and everyone's has your privileges, your upbringing, your support systems and like, you know, one. But two, just think before it leaves your mouth, will this help them? If not, why say it? W- could this help them? And sometimes a joke to them will help them, but you better damn well know the person. So that's gonna force you to know them. Because how do I know it's gonna help you, JT, until I know you? Now I gotta get to, get to know you. Now it's harder just to just be an ass around you because I know you, so now I'm gonna to start to care about mm-hmm. you. Now you're an individual and I'm gonna learn what makes you tick and what your issues are in problems. So now I have better awareness of how to communicate with you. See how that works, right? How's it gonna help them? How am I gonna know? Well, you, well, then if you don't even know them, why say anything? Get to damn know them, ask them some questions. Most open-ended caring questions aren't gonna hurt anybody. They're actually gonna build bridges. Start there. Is this going to help them? If you're not a hundred percent sure, tread caution till you know, then you know. So as a Mm -hmm. coaching one-on-one is get to know your players and then constantly ask yourself, how can I help them? And you're like, I'm not sure. Then I better get to know them better. Then you'll learn. Then every interaction should be, how can I help them become a better person? Whatever that means, right? Whatever that means to each individual. And I think the greatest hardship of coaching, particularly sport like football is, Oh, I got 60 players. You know, we can't do that. This is how we do things. And, And that, that, that is a challenge. So, you know, on some level, how do you have your, your, your standards as a team, but understanding everyone's an individual and how can I help each individual get to my standard instead of saying it's up to you to figure it out? Well, then you're the coach. You're going to put the responsibility on the players to figure it out. I thought you are their leader. Your job is to help them get to where they need to get to, to be their best. Right. Or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I love what you're sharing. So what I really heard from you again was, you know, you, you mentioned, know culture, right? Culture, the word culture gets thrown around and sport. But really, if we feel that back, what is it? It's group habit, right? So what do you consistently do on a daily basis, right? And like you said, your your actions speak louder than your words. And it was interesting that you kind of tied that up with again, I was watching, you know, how you talked about trust being an important skill that needs to be, and it's interesting how, again, from my experience, you know, as an athlete or as a coach, the teams that quote unquote were the most uh, tight. The ones that were quote unquote the most successful were the ones where the trust was. It was just such a deep level of trust. It was like a greater sense of community and a deeper sense of family. So, yeah. so, so I'm curious here. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I think the whole trust thing to me is is about being very proactive with expectations, communication, and then never stopping that ongoing accountability of the accepted or the agreed upon standards and activities. And it can never stop problems happen when, when communication dies off and then the assumptions and then the accusations and then, the accusations, and then whatnot. And I think it's something you said earlier uh, about most people don't want to go to dark places. And one of the darkest places I find, or one of the tough, not darkest, one of the hardest, most uncomfortable places in today's world, today's world's changed a lot than 20, 30 years ago. Is confrontation. I deal with a lot of youth. They they, they they're much easier to text than to, to look you in the eye and say, listen, remember we talked about this and it's not happening. Instead of saying you're a dumbass, pick your you know, clean your mess up. Let's go. Like remember we talked, what's going on? How can I support you? Because is is everything okay? Because remember we're gonna be here. And that's hard for adults because we'd rather just go, ah, he sucks. Get rid of it. deal with it. Build trust and say, listen, I'm here to help you but I'm not just going to let you do whatever you want because we don't want to deal with it. And, and then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go head on on this, but we're going to approach it from a, a position of caring about you, but also understanding we need everybody here. How can we help make sure you get there? Cause we care enough about you not to let you fall apart. We're going to get you and we agreed to it. Those are hard conversations. And that's when I, I gave that Ted talk, you know, I listen, the mechanics of football has changed and people love no huddle offense for other reasons, I spoke about life lessons. I love the huddle because it's a rare place in the world where we continuously get together, look each other six inches in the eye and have to go to you and realize, I didn't do it well. I screwed up. Yes, you did. Let's solve it now. Instead of letting it fester for three days and going, this guy's killing us, pissing us off. And then little fiefdens build and we start talking about each other and gossip builds. That is no trust. So the, the huddle met issues head on immediately, face to face and dealt with them. So nothing lingered. No, no, nothing broke apart. And I equated that to the family meal. Families that sat down, dinner every night, five minutes, two seconds, 20 minutes, but every day. If it matters, you do it every day. So things couldn't build and linger without talking about them, without dealing with them. You'll never have trust if issues aren't discussed. Because now opinions and assumptions and anger, that that's the most toxic culture to ever have. And then most cultures want to avoid it. And they'll send out a generic email. All staff should be accepted to act like this. How about we have opportunities for people to be human? We sit down, we hold each other accountable in a caring way, in a supportive way, in a positive way. And that's normalized so that it doesn't become awkward. It's what we do. And sometimes those momentary conversations are just about celebrating good things. Sometimes they're not. So it's not only time we get together is rough. We always get together. You know, there's a, there's a, a program I do uh, for, for bullying and harassment. I say, you know, one of the best ways to intervene if you're a bystander, because they're like, oh, it's too confrontational. Like, what if you just ask, hey, you, you doing okay? Everything okay? I'm like, well, that's kind of awkward. I say, you know why it's awkward? Because you don't say it every day. Why aren't you saying that every day? If you say you're a culture that cares about each other, what if everybody walked into work or your locker room every single day and looked at each other? Doing good? JT, doing good? Yeah, it's good. good. You all good? All good? Why? Because I care. Because if you're like, well, that's awkward, that means you've never said that to each other. That's crazy to me. Why are we not checking in every day? Everyone, okay, we're here for you. Any issues, let's help. And if that becomes normalized, the difficult conversations are always laced within so many more not so difficult. It's just another conversation, right? Like I talk to people about working out. You work out, you bench press once a week, you're gonna make it the biggest deal in the world. If it's a bad session, you're pissed off all week. If you bench press 10% of that total load every day, it's just something you do every day. Some will be good, some will be bad, but the volume would add up over time and you wouldn't stress about one thing. We always do this. It's normalized. Some of them are good, some of them are bad instead of going every time we get together, it's a negative interaction. So I just want to avoid that like crazy. It's communication. Sometimes they're tough. Sometimes they're celebrating. Sometimes they're funny. It's normalized. And that way you vet out the stressfulness of, really, you know, this issue being deemed bad. It's talking, it's building trust. Sometimes it's high-fiving, sometimes it's anger it's humans. We're just bonding again and again and again. And I find that being something again isn't emphasized anymore. And we're seeing the ramifications of not getting together ever anymore, not dealing with it. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough.
0: Mm. I love the simplicity of your question, Angus. Uh, what, what really resonated with me is, is that idea of, here's where we're going, right? Like you're sort of like painting, using your words to paint this vision of here's where we're going, right? Helping people sort of uh, just create an image on the screen of their mind and go, what can I do to help and support you to get there? And I, and I just love it because it because the person's gonna tell you if that, if that bridge of trust has been built, they're gonna tell you what they need in this moment, right? So I just love that subtle one. And it's definitely one that I wanna integrate, especially with my son, because I know that that's the one relationships sometimes where I need to be less coach, more like listening. So I, I definitely love that. That's when I'm going to integrate. Yeah.
1: I, I try to get too. like, I, I get my boys are six and three. And I get those people <laughs> time. Oh, your kid's going to be football players. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm not, I'm, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm yeah. supporting them. It, what, the yeah. only thing I'm going to hold them accountable to is they, I want them doing something. And I, yeah. I, my job is I want to expose them to as many things possible. And then whatever they choose to do, they bring their all. So better be something they love, not something yeah. I love. And like, it's a great point, you know, you hire someone for a company or, or, you know, I just read a, a great book on Nick Saban in Alabama and they said, you know, they're Alabama. So they, they can probably much, everyone wants to play there, but most of their recruiting process now is ensuring recruits know what they're signing up for at Alabama. And do you really want this? Cause this isn't going to be easy. And the kid goes, ah, oh, then this might not be for you. And he said, like, if I'm a leader, I say, where do you want to go? Well, I want to mm-hmm. go here. Okay. Glad we got that out of the way because if I'd ever asked you that and I just told you where I'm take, where you need to be and you don't want to be there, now I'm going to be mad at you and it's going to be a disaster relationship, but you didn't want to go there in the first place. Yeah. So, and someone had led this to, said this to me before, you know, great leadership, great coaching is getting somebody from point A to point B when point B is where they want to go and they can't get there alone. Getting someone mm-hmm. from point A to point B when they don't want to go to point B is coercion. It's mm-hmm. manipulation. That's not leadership leadership is going jt this is where we're at um you know where do you want to get to and if that's the line we want to get to we'll go okay well how can i help get you there and if you say well, i don't i don't want to get to B, but i'm like well, i gotta get you over here i'm not gonna tell you i'm just gonna make you get there that's not leadership you're gonna hate me and then it's a grind and all these other stupid words people come up with doing something they don't want to do why are you doing it then yeah what, hard work getting where you want to get to should never be a grind i gave a talk yesterday at university of calgary university of uh, University of British Columbia teams. I said, the whole concept of grind is nonsense. It's a negative connotation. You are consciously doing something you love to do every day and you get to do it maybe twice today. Maybe, maybe, maybe for two weeks straight with nothing else. You're the luckiest people in the world. You call it a grind, you're labeling something as, as, as like a, 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 forced, a forced hardship on you. Right? Yeah. This is part of the process of going where you want to go. You should mm-hmm. be smiling ear to ear. It doesn't mean <laughs> it's easy, but to label something negatively, is mind blowing because nobody's locked you up and made you do this. This is where you, this is your dream. You get a chance to do it all day today. You want to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Then don't. And if you don't, then it is, then everything's a grind. But if you love to do it, it's not a grind.
0: Yeah.
1: It's the greatest day of your life, right? Dan, Coach Dan will remind us every day every day's a holiday, every meal's a banquet, every single one. If it's not, maybe you're not doing the right thing with you. Maybe you pick another outlet. Mm-hmm. Every day is a holiday. Every day we wake up. If you're doing what you've chosen to do, there's no grind. There's an opportunity to keep doing what you love or becoming who you are through something that you enjoy. Whatever you
0: however you want to phrase it, right? And mindset's everything. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I want to be respectful of your time, Angus. Um, yeah. So so my question to you is, you know, what what can we do to help and support you? Again, I know you, you've... Uh, I'm good. Best <laughs> of-
1: okay. I'm good. Like, listen, I... I I just enjoy conversations. Uh, I, I try to, like you said, our coaches open to my messaging. I try to be open to everyone else's and I'm not a, I am not I do not I don't just drink people's Kool-Aid and and, and keep drinking it. I'll taste, I taste and taste and taste and and I'll test and I test and I, I I love, I love learning and I'll, I'll, I'll I'll cherry pick something that makes sense, but I also understand you can't randomly plug in a random ingredient to a soup. You change the whole soup, right? So I'm always looking for, what can complement my overarching philosophy from other people? So just these continual conversations, I'm always trying to, trying to um, you know, I, 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 I try, I don't wanna keep rebuilding because if you keep rebuilding, you never have a finish, you never have an engine that works. Yeah. I love polishing, you know, I wanna polish and looking where's it rougher, I can polish out and little things you can pick up along the way to improve what, what time has proven me is right philosophically, but in action-based, how do we keep coming up with better ways to mm-hmm. actually do what we what we want to get done in the big picture so listen just thank you for having me on it's a yeah. in, in a selfish way too because i ramble a lot but that's how i unpack my thinking so having me on these things the more i talk it through the more i catch myself going the hell am i even saying that doesn't even make sense <laughs> or it or it helps me kind of come up with maybe some new ideas within my own world so i appreciate this opportunity
0: yeah it's all good brother uh angus i want to take a moment to thank you um and and really acknowledge you i want to acknowledge you for the man you are the great dad the great partner teacher coach and mentor but more importantly the amazing human being you are the the one thing i really have got from this conversation angus is just how thoughtful you are right like like your ability to stop and ask a a thought-provoking question is 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 a gift and i and i know it's been you putting in a lot of reps and sets to train your mind to have that discipline to do it. So I just want to thank you for sharing your gift with us today. And sh- thank you for inspiring me to figure out ways I can do a better job of that.
1: I, I appreciate that. I, it's, it's great to be around people that want to get better. It's, yeah. it's always inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for your time,
0: JT. No worries. So folks, here's my challenge to you. Angus dropped so many valuable nuggets of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly in the game of life. But as I often remind you in the huddle, knowledge is potential power. It's a consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. So take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom and go apply it to your life today. And as I remind you every time in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness, you are worthy of greatness, you are greatness. And my only ask from this, these conversations is, if this resonated with you, share it with a friend, a loved one, a teammate, someone who needs to hear this message. Because the more people we have understanding these simple ideas, the more people can shine bright in this world. And that's what this life is about. As always, I love having these conversations. Have a blessed rest of your day, and I will chat with you at next time in the huddle.